0: inside this is the JSK media sports podcast this is slated as episode 52 of the JSK media sports podcast meaning it has been a year now we haven't missed a week so 52 means 52 weeks which means a year I'm finally alongside it's been a while but I'm alongside Sean Schball and that is uh, sound for sore ears. Hearing your voice, Sean, I've missed you around here. How does it feel being back? Missed you too. It's
1: great. It was it was definitely sad missing the podcast the last two weeks, but I'm happy to be back and
0: back for a year, so made it just in time. All right, let's go. This is the podcast where we hang out, talk sports, make some picks, and are sure to play some games. Stick around. We'll catch you up on the sports world. We'll give you some fun. Stick around till the end. Not only do we have... A great game I have for Sean, but it's our last big three and it's neck and neck. So you're not going to want to miss those because it's really coming down to the wire. Today's all football, Sean. This is, (laughs) it's every week I'm like, this is the best time of the year. But this one is super awesome because you get the college football playoffs. NFL is wrapping up. We're getting ready for football NFL playoffs. So it's really fun. But let's start with the college football playoffs semifinals and the average deficit in semifinal games in the college football playoffs these last 10 years was 21 points we've become accustomed to blowouts in the semifinals of the college football playoffs and even the finals but Monday night we got two games coming down to a fourth down to either win it or tie the game which was just awesome and while we're on it We've talked about it a little bit, but great reason to talk about it now because the Michigan Alabama game, college overtime might be my favorite thing in sports. Just instant urgency, instant fun. It's systematically so entertaining and any college football fan when watching a game, especially a playoff game, when they're somewhat impartial, you know they're rooting for an overtime. And that's exactly what I was doing. And then I just sat back, grabbed my popcorn and watched the rest of that Michigan-Alabama game play out. But we'll break it down in a second. But from just a sports consumption standpoint, what did your Monday look like and how was it?
1: I mean, incredible. One of the best sports days I've had in my life, just getting to sit on the couch. You know, it was my first day back from my trip I had that one day before I started school again, so I planned nothing. My entire goal that day was to sit on the couch and watch the game from start to finish, which I did. I didn't miss a single play of either game, and they were both amazing, two amazing games. And I think what these games really proved is there was a lot of controversy over the committee's picks, not putting in FSU, were they going to put in Georgia, what was going to happen. And I I really think this shows that they picked the top four teams in the nation. I I. Don't think you can maybe make an argument for Georgia being in, but other than that, these were the best four teams that played two phenomenal games, and it's really the epitome of what college football fans want out of these two playoff games. They were perfect.
0: Yeah, I love what you said there, just talking about how the committee really did the job because there was so much controversy, and at the end of the day, it is not only for them to pick the four best teams, but the the f- two best matchups, and that seems like exactly what they did, and it seems like those four down to two is shaking up for a really great championship. But before we get there, let's break these games down now. You took Michigan, they won. Michigan is the first team in the last 25 years to win three consecutive games against AP-ranked opponents in a single season despite converting 25% or fewer of its third-down attempts in each of those games but break this one down Sean what did Michigan do that Alabama couldn't and what stood out to you in this game you had Michigan they came out on top but then again it did go to overtime
1: I think I think what really stood out to me is showing how like you said with the third down conversion this Michigan team while J.J. McCarthy is very flashy and Blake Corbin's incredible it's all about the defense this is a true defense first team and I think the part of that defense that really stood out to me this weekend was that Michigan D-line. You know, the offense took a while to get going for Michigan, and even still so was never really consistent. But Jalen Milro was under constant pressure. Constant pressure. There there wasn't a three-down series where he wasn't scrambling around or running around with a guy in his face. And this forced him to never get truly comfortable and never really adjust to the game and get into that flow that you need your quarterback to get into. And I mean that that even came down to that last play of the game and while it was a controversial call, that QB sneak they ran right at that Michigan defense and couldn't even get past the line of scrimmage. They are just so dominant in the run game, the pass game, they get to the quarterback, they make it hard on them and I think that's really going to affect Michael Penix in the next round, but I, I That Michigan defense just stood out. It really stood out to me how they controlled everything Alabama threw at them.
0: Yeah, good work picking that game correctly. You were all over Michigan, but you took Texas. Washington came out on top. What went wrong here for Texas?
1: I think it's the opposite of why Michigan won. They let Michael Penix be way too comfortable in the pocket. And what people have been saying about Penix all year is, if you give him time, he's going to piece you apart. He's got great vision down the field. He's got three incredible receivers and he's got pinpoint accuracy. If you let him sit in the pocket, let routes develop, he's going to make throws and those receivers are going to make catches. But I mean, Jalen Polk, Roma Dunze, Jalen McMillan, they're incredible. So even one-on-one coverage, you're taking one of those receivers. He's Penix is taking his receivers so why Texas just didn't put enough pressure on him? Didn't get him moving? Didn't get him out of the pocket? And I felt just let him tear their defense apart too much. And I think that's what Michigan's need to do in the next round.
0: Sean Washington seems like one of those teams where you just sit there and just name skill players. Yeah, hundred like, percent. I mean, you just, just Jalen Polk, Romo Dunze, Dylan Johnson, Michael Penix, like. Anyone who's doing our job to any sort, when they have to talk about Washington, they just name guys because it's just skill player after skill player, and it's going to be so interesting because you mentioned that Michigan defense is really strong, they're really gritty, and they're very physical, and now they're against these really high-skilled players, and Michael Penix, a very accurate and great left throwing arm. The college football playoff national championship is Monday. At four thirty Pacific Standard Time, I know what you're going to be doing. Hopefully, are are you free Monday at four thirty? No, I'm, going in, to be able I'm to watch? in
1: basketball practice till five thirty. Come
0: on, I'll there. miss the first hour. I'll be there by by mid second quarter. Okay, that that's good enough. I know where I'll be. I'll be sitting on on my couch. Michigan is favored by four and a half over under set at fifty five and a half. What would you take, Sean? Before we get into predictions, at fifty five
1: uh, with the line, oh, fifty no, five no, no. over under,
0: yeah. Oh, I'm gotta gonna take, take the over. under. I'm taking yeah? the under. I'm gonna take the under. All right, I'll take the over, and we'll check back next week. All right, Sean, predictions for Monday night in Houston, Texas, at NRG Stadium. Let's hear it. I- I'm taking Michigan. I I think straight up, I'm taking Michigan.
1: Money line, I'm taking Michigan. I think it's going to be a really close game. And if I was taking that line of four and a half, I'd take Washington. Okay, I like that. I think I, I would take Washington with the points. But a straight-up winner, I think Michigan's going to win this game. I think it's what I I said before, that D-line is going to cause enough pressure on Penix to get him just enough uncomfortable that they're able to keep the game close enough and, and keep the win. I think J.J. McCarthy will get into rhythm a lot faster. And I think also a very underrated piece of hurting Washington coming into this game is Dylan Johnson. Their star running back got hurt in the last game. He's been facing a Foot injury almost all season. He re injured it towards the end of the Texas game and he said he is playing. They announced he is playing, but there's definitely going to be some limitation or he's not at full health. And I think that's really going to make an impact on that Washington team because Penix is not a runner and Dylan Johnson's their main running back and gets almost all the carries. So if he's taking a hit, it's going to take a big hit towards their running game and allow those Michigan D linemen to really lean on the pass. So I think that's also going to be a big hit against Washington and lead me to take Michigan even more.
0: I got to go Washington, Sean. I mean, last week, Michael Penix Jr., 430 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. He was stellar. And this is a team I really like. And to be perfectly honest, as much as I want to take emotion and sentiment out of my decision-making, there is a little bit here just... You know, the Pac-12 is dying, and I'm somewhat upset about it. And it would be really cool to see a Pac-12 team win the Natty in the Pac-12s last year. It would. It really would. But for now, it's left up to to fate and to whatever happens in those three, four hours Monday night at NRG Stadium. It's going to be fun, Sean.
1: It, I'm I'm so excited.
0: All right, Sean. Let's talk Jim Harbaugh. A little Jim Harbaugh history to get some context for this discussion. So Harbaugh started out as a QB coach for the Oakland Raiders from 2002 to 2003. He was then the head coach for the San Diego Toros from 2004 to 06, and then where he really launched his career was over at Stanford from 2007 to 2010, going 12-1 and in his final season there. Then he went back to the pros as a head coach this time, went to the 49ers from 2011 to 2014, going 13-3 and in his first year, then a couple years later going to the Super Bowl in 2013. Eventually made the switch back to college in 2015 to the Michigan Wolverines and has been there ever since. But now... Jim Harbaugh hires NFL agent Don Yee ahead of last week's Rose Bowl game. Do you see this happening? Do you see Jim Harbaugh going back to the NFL, especially after so much success with Michigan?
1: I don't know. At first, I really thought he wouldn't. I thought he's coaching his alma mater. He seems to love it. He's so happy. They're winning. They're recruiting well. Why would he want to leave? But people are becoming more and more confident that it's happening and it's really starting to push me to think he's going because you know obviously the agent and Adam Schefter came out saying and it's very reliable sources not just saying that they think he's going to go saying that he's going that it's done it's happening he's going to go to the NFL so uh, I think I'm starting to lean towards that he really is and he's going to make that change.
0: There are about nine either current or projected openings for a head coaching job in the nfl the ones for sure are the panthers the raiders the chargers if you're harbaugh or if you're let's just say you're someone who's going to become a head coach and you get to pick a team but for the sake of context we'll say you're harbaugh it could either be one of those three or a team you think will have vacancy in that position what team are you choosing i think it's
1: clear for me I'm 100% taking the Chargers you had to come to LA and you have the opportunity to walk into a coaching job with a superstar young quarterback in Justin Herbert talent all around them you Keenan Allen Mike Williams Bosa Khalil Mack you have so much talent on your team and being able to walk into that as a new coach is so rare and I, I mean, the biggest thing in these new coaching hires is, are you going to have a quarterback? And he doesn't have to find one. He doesn't have to draft one. He doesn't have to develop one. He has one there that is proven to be a superstar. And I think that's the easy choice.
0: I'd give my answer, but I'd be just reiterating your eloquent statement, but I'd go with the Chargers for the exact reasons you gave. But sticking with, you know, the draft and the new NFL season next year, looking ahead, the Bears have the first overall pick in the 2024 draft due to their trade with the Panthers a year back. Would you draft a quarterback if you are the Bears mind you? Cause I asked you this the other day and you said that you'd keep Justin Fields, but I want to remind you here's, he is a career 82 passer rating, 40 touchdowns, 30 interceptions, 30 interceptions in three seasons on top of just 40 touchdowns. And he's missed 11 games. It's
1: it's really tough. I think it's really tough because he, he has shown those flashes, but he's never done it consistently. So I think for me, it really depends on what they can get. Is there a trade package for that first overall pick? Is there someone looking to trade for Justin Fields that would give up something valuable and then they could just take the, you know, Caleb Williams as a first overall pick? So I think for me, it's really hard when I'm not, I don't know what the offers are looking like because I think either way, they're going to trade something. I don't think they're going to stay at one and take Marvin Harrison and stick with Justin Fields. I think they're either going to trade Justin Fields and take a quarterback or trade the first overall pick and stick with Justin Fields. So I think as an outsider, it's really hard to say which is better when I don't know what the offers are like. Are there high offers for Justin Fields? Are there really high offers for the first overall pick? And I think that's what I'd really base my decision on is what you're going to get a better deal for. But if you're to ask me straight up, I think I am leaning towards take a QB blow it up. You're getting a generational talent, Caleb Williams. You're getting four more years on a rookie contract, and you can really restart and try and find true consistency.
0: Exactly. If you're Ryan Poles, the Chicago Bears general manager, you have to sit there and say, in what scenario do we get the most value? Is it trading away Justin Fields and bringing in Caleb Williams? Is it trading that number one slot? You just have to sit there and play out all the scenarios and run through the simulations and whatnot and see where you get the most value. But as we we start to talk about the draft, right? And let's say they do want to pick a quarterback. Who do they pick? There's five big quarterbacks heading to this draft. You have Kayla Williams, you have Drake May, Janie Daniels, who just won the Heisman, Bo Nix, and Michael Penix Jr., who's going to win the Natty on Monday. And I want to ask you, <laughs> What order would you take those guys? Not necessarily saying they're going one, two, three, four, five, because that's highly unlikely. But what rank should they go? Whether it's one, three, seven, twelve. Rank them. Sure.
1: Yeah. yeah. I've K Williams at one. Drake May at two.
0: Wow. Penick's, really?
1: Yeah. Penix at three. Daniels at four. Bo Nix at five. What do you like about Drake May? He's got everything you're looking for. From a like statistical and body and size point of view, he's six four, six five. He's gonna run a four five, four six forty. He can throw a ball seventy yards. He's so athletic. He's he's the same reason why they took Josh Allen in the first round a couple years back. An NFL coach is saying he has absurd amount of talent. If I can take him under my wing, give me that five, six months you have through training camp, I can push him. Obviously, he he can read a field. Obviously, he can read a defense and do all that. But I can push him to that next level intellectually, and he has all the skills. You can't teach size. You can't teach speed. You can't teach strength. Those are, those are God-given abilities that he has. And an NFL coach is going to say, well, I can push him towards the rest. And then he has everything to be a superstar.
0: Sean, I think I know why your gut doesn't want the Bears to draft a quarterback.
1: Well, I also don't want Caleb to be a Bear, yeah.
0: Would you rather him be a commander? They have the two pick and the new one. Yeah, no, there's not a really
1: good option. There's not a really good (laughs) option. And let's
0: first in some crazy world, Arizona has the number pick four.
1: That wouldn't be bad.
0: Do they take a quarterback and ditch Kyler?
1: I think so. I think they trade him.
0: Yeah.
1: I think they trade him. It's
0: a good quarterback class.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: Lots of talent. All right. Last week of Big 3, week 17 last week, you went 2-1. and one. I cooled off. I went 1-2. and two. One more week left. Let's look at the records. I'm 27 and 22 and 2. You're 25 and 23 and 3, so I'm at one and a half games better than you for right now.
1: Close. It's tight. It's, it's definitely tight. And it that influenced my decisions a lot, because yours were in before mine. So I, I there were a couple of yours that I was looking to pick, and I can't, because... It doesn't help me. Mm. I need That's to jump. That's really you. interesting. That's so really interesting. So I had to go away from all your picks. That's really and interesting. Take three separate ones to make sure you that you should
0: have like faded them all. I can <laughs> That would have been Honestly, like.
1: It's kind of smart.
0: Yeah, it's a high risk, high reward. Honestly, yeah. that would probably be like the best strategy. I feel like, but it it, it doesn't matter enough. I don't know. I, I Yeah, I, I'm not I'd rather of...
1: just pick games yeah. and yeah. not worry about all that.
0: All right, but for the last time this season, oh, Sean, it's kind of sad, but okay. It is kind this of sad. Week 18, hit me with your big three.
1: All right, I'm starting with the Steelers at the Ravens, and then the Steelers are minus three and a half. Remember, this is no Lamar, and the Ravens are going to sit almost all their guys. They clinch the one seed. This game means nothing to them, whether they win, whether they lose. They're just gonna walk into that one seed no matter what. And the Steelers are playing for their playoff lives. They need a win. They need it to keep a chance at the wild card game. They're gonna come out full force and the Ravens aren't gonna really care. So, so I'm taking the Steelers and the points, even if they're on the road. Next, I'm taking the Bucks minus three and a half at the Panthers. Panthers, opposite a Ravens, their season's over, but for the opposite reasons they are what two and two and 14 now the season's over they clinched the first overall seed even though it's not theirs and the Bucs are playing for that NFC South title I'm pretty sure it's a win and they win it automatically they they control their own destiny so like the Steelers they're going to come out full intensity they need this win they want that home field advantage and they want that four seed and I think they'll come out and do it even on the road in Carolina And finally, I'm sticking with my playoff contenders and I'm taking the Green Bay Packers. They're minus three and a half at home playing the Bears. The Bears are eliminated from the playoff. They have nothing to truly play for. And just like my other two picks, Green Bay is playing for their lives. They need a win to push themselves into the playoff. Picture, they're at home, a three-point line. Give me the Packers.
0: Good luck, Sean. That's of
1: vlog, Jenner. All
0: right. Number one, I got Broncos plus three in Vegas. I just see these Broncos having a lot going for them. This team is rallying around Jarrett Stidham. Sean Payton, he knows what he's doing. He's a proven winner. He did not want Wilson. An organization has supported Payton saying, Wilson isn't my guy. And this Broncos team looked great against the Chargers last week. And Payton is just... He's just too competitive to not want a plus 500 season. They're 8-8. Eight eight. Give me the Broncos, plus 3. Number two, taking your Seahawks, Shawnee, minus 2.5. That's, that's the what I wanted. You like that one? That's Seahawks the one I wanted. Seahawks win, and Green Bay loses or ties. They make the playoffs. A lot of playoff scenarios here to just... Whatever. I'm not going to get into them, but nevertheless, they need to win to make the playoffs, or at least tie. And... They lost week one, one week two, lost week five, one week six, lost week eight, one week nine. They'll rebound. Why did I read that? Because they lost last week. They'll rebound. In all four of their six losses dating back, they won the next game. Last week, they lost to Pitt. They will respond. And Arizona has not won a division game this year. Lastly, Bills minus three in Miami. I just like them. And it's a, it's a they win and they're in. And not only they win, they're in. They win the division and get the number two seed. It's a Sunday night primetime game. They've won four straight. Miami has clinched. So they're just, you know, a little less focused. Bills win. Again, they make the division. A lot riding on this. And you get the two seed. So you get KC, who is locked in the three seed. You'll get them at home. Their backs against the wall. Last regular season game of the whole year. You want to show off. This Bills team has been criticized this year. They want to prove they're still the big dog. And since they fired Ken Dorsey, their offensive coordinator, since the Bronco game, they've won five of their last six. Give me the Bills minus three. All right, Sean, time for our fun question. But I'm going to give you a bonus one. A bonus one before the regular. The regular one, all right? Okay. It's been a year. Favorite segment, favorite memory of the J's Commedia Sports Podcast?
1: That's tough. I think favorite memory is the first time we did it in person when he came to my house and yeah. <laughs> we got to actually record the podcast in that person. Was fun. I think that was I think that was my favorite.
0: Yeah, that was pretty cool. You know, a lot comes to mind. I always loved the games. You know, you could just games are great. Just have fun. I think those early ones were fun. We just, I mean, you know, we're still learning, still getting better. It's still all about growth, but even those early ones was kind of fun seeing what we were doing and just kind of listening back to those figure it out you know what was fun and we'll do it again yeah two was fun I loved the Super Bowl special and I loved the bonus episode we did it it didn't count in the ledger as an episode but the oh well the Lenny Kraselberg interview was really fun yeah but the the March Madness bracket was fun
1: that was a good one
0: yeah but that was a good one a lot of good memories and I'll just take the time right now just to think the listeners at home you guys are what make the show possible and it's been fun it's been a great ride and we can't wait for another 52 but let's jump into the real fun question now and we'll go around the horn in sports just through fun questions through the weeks but I want to start here all right if an alien came down to earth and has never seen a football game college or pro what game are you showing them
1: so, I went less away from the how big the game is. So, I, I wasn't looking Super Bowl. I was really trying to think about what's the best football game I ever watched. And what came to mind was honestly the 2018 Chiefs versus Rams game. It was the Monday night game, right? It was a Monday night game at the, the Coliseum, Coliseum yep. <laughs> in LA. Week 11, 54 to 51 Rams win. Both teams came in 9 and 1. And I like. I vividly remember sitting on my couch watching every moment of this game. Mahomes, MVP, -er Jared Goff and that Super Bowl team just going back and forth, firing shots after shots. It felt like really whoever had the ball last was going to win this game. It was just so much fun to watch that I think if they had never seen football before, this would immediately get you hooked.
0: That is a phenomenal answer, Sean. Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, As always. All right. I got to take the other route. I got to go Super Bowl 51. Yeah. Patriots trailing 28-3 late in the third quarter, then had five unanswered scoring drives throughout the final 20 minutes of regulation and overtime won it in overtime walk off for Brady's fifth of seven Super Bowl rings. We have to show these aliens, Sean, that us humans are able to come back.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's I mean, that's an incredible game. That's I think that's like the most obvious choice to do. Like that like that's probably the game.
0: All right, Sean, you ready for the game? I'm ready. All right. Can you give me the top five NIL earners per on3.com?
1: Throughout all of college sports?
0: Yes. Men's, women's yeah, you name it. I'm pretty sure one is Brawny.
1: Bingo. Okay. I know Caleb's in there. I don't think he's two, but I think he's in there. Caleb's five. Caleb's five. Okay. Is it is it like
0: Livy Dunn? Yes, three. Good job. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Alright, so you're missing two and four.
1: Okay. You
0: do you want do a sports?
1: clue? Yeah, yeah.
0: Who's showing off the watch, Shawnee?
1: Shadur. Of course.
0: Shadur two. All right, four, I'm pretty sure it's because of this last name and not because of his proven skill set. Who else is this sign?
1: Is he, is he in, he's in college?
0: Maybe nephew? I don't know.
1: Oh, it's Arch. Yeah. Arch Manning. All right, you want to guess yeah, six? Yeah, it's all, it's, all it's all about the name value. Yeah, you want to guess six? What sport? Uh,
0: Quarterback. Is it like Drake May, Penix? No, Jaden Daniels. Jaden Daniels. Penix isn't even in the top ten. Really? Yeah. Interesting. All right. Good job, Sean. Thanks. That's a fun. Game. That's a good game.
1: It's so interesting. Like, of course, Brawny won, even though he's played like four games.
0: Obviously. I thought of it last night.
1: Good. You know, go one.
0: I I th- I thought so too. All right, Sean, anything to say to the listeners? Episode 52? No, it's, it's been a great year. It's been a great year, and we look forward to another one. Thank you so much for listening to the JSK Media Sports Podcast, whether this is your first listen or your 52nd, or even more with those interviews and bonus episodes. Consider sharing our podcast with a friend. We always love building up our JSK family. And again, we're so thankful to you, our JSK family. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time.